Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast Thing 2021. Baby, oh yeah. Hello and welcome back to Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast thing. My name is Luke and this is my thing. So, what the hell is going on? I have been getting busy working still on the game, making it how it should be made, um, making it into the thing that it deserves to be made into. Does that make sense? Sure. Uh, so I've been doing that. I've also had another, I had a book come out. Well, it's up for pre-order. It's called The Run Fantastic. And it's quite fantastic, if I do say so myself. Um, I will link to the show notes if you, if you want to go and check that out. I would greatly appreciate it. I think it's a pretty fun book. It's not a huge book. It's like 35,000 words. So it's a long novella, let's say, which is kind of my favourite my favourite kind of word count. Um, a lot of my favourite books are around the 30 to 40k mark. So I you know, I hit it right dead centre of that. Yes, check that out in the show notes. You can link and click and buy and pre-order and review, perhaps, perchance, only if you like it, that is. Okay, we've got a couple of letters from The Massive. Uh, Karen O'Brien says, Congratulations on your recent novella and your commitment to your significant other. Thank you. Your goal to celebrate Christmas with the family is admirable. I just finished five Halloween stories and I'm currently working on a short story for the theme of video games. I'm on my third rewrite. I am also determined to have my plots for some upcoming themes and other stories. Cults in Victorian England may give her trouble. I am grateful that I have you and the TOS Facebook group to share my interests. Um, yeah, the TOS Facebook group. Go to facebook.com, search the other stories. Or just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver and you will bypass all the search nonsense and get straight to the Facebook group. Um, we do a lot of little writing exercises on there, uh, you know, write a poem based around this weird little picture someone found on the internet, that kind of thing. Lots of flash fiction. Um, so be sure to join us on that. Karen also does have a couple of questions. Um, they're quite meaty, so I will go into them at another time, I believe. Uh, I got an email from Corey. I too know, know how hard it can be choosing a font. Over the years, I've amassed quite a collection on my PC. A bit like that villain from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Collector. You know, all the fonts from across the galaxy in little boxes, little lunch boxes that he keeps in a big warehouse. Yeah, um, it wasn't so much choosing the font because I do have a few go-tos that I use quite regularly. Uh, it was more, at that time, learning how to 
import a font into the into the Unity game engine, which was a challenge in itself. I can do it dead easy now. I don't know what, what was so difficult about it before. Uh, but there you go. Um, what else we got here? FC Schultz, my friend, poet and author, FC Schultz says, Hey man, wanted to let you know I listened to your seven-day story challenge episode and it inspired me to set a goal of 7,000 words this week on my current work in progress. As of 10 minutes ago, I just crossed the 7,500 word mark for the word mark for the week. Thank you for your cons- uh, thank you for your continued inspiration and friendship. Keep up the great work. That's amazing, FC. It's great to hear that you're getting some words down on your work in progress. I do feel like a challenge like this can just kind of uh, grease the wheels uh, more than actually more than grease the wheels. It can sometimes un unblock something is <laughs> what's the best way to describe this it, it's, it's like a, unclogging the toilet it's like sometimes the seven day story challenge is a big plunger to your creative toilet and you can just get in there really hammer it out and uh clear the toilet <laughs> there's a better way to, to say that but um uh, i haven't finished my coffee yet okay what else we got Today I am interviewing the writer Haley Piper. Here's a little bit of info and facts about Haley. Haley Piper writes horror and dark fantasy and is a member of the Horror Writers Association. She is the author of Queen of Teeth, The Worm and His Kings, Unfortunate Elements of My Anatomy, Benny Rose, The Cannibal King, and more. She is an active member of the Horror Writers Association and her short fiction appears in publications such as The Year's Best Hardcore Horror, The Arcanist, 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 Flash Fiction Online, Daily Science Fiction, Tales to Terrify, Dark Matter Magazine, Planet Scum, and many more. She lives with her li- she lives with her life. We all do, I'm afraid. She lives with her wife in Maryland, where she haunts their apartment, making spooky noises. Find her on Twitter via Haley Piper says, and on Instagram at Haley Piper fights. Anyway, on to the. In- I guess first of all, uh, congratulations on your recent release, The Queen of Teeth. It's. Oh, thank um, you. Uh, I've read it. It's it's a wild ride. Have you celebrated the release at all? Um, yeah, I mean, as much as you can during the, you know, times we're in at the moment. So, I mean, you didn't like, um, I don't know, sit in the garden and drink a nice coffee and think about how, how nice it <laughs> oh, is. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Like we just, we got, we got dinner or whatever, uh, you know, in just, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it was a big deal and it was nice. It's my first novel. Yeah. Uh, everything before that's been novellas. So yeah, it's it it was is really big and it's really cool. Yeah, and you got the the special hardback treatment with Nick uh, Nicholas Day's cover. Yeah, it's um it's been it's been weird the the tiered release. I'm used to yeah. everything coming out at the same time, and it's like hardcover beginning of July, paperback beginning of August, and then we still have the uh, ebook coming up at the beginning of September. Yeah, um, I, that sounds. Uh, potentially exhausting. Do you feel like you've got to get hyped up for each new little release or anything like that? I guess so. I mean, it's not hard to, um, I guess when there's something to build towards, it feels natural to get excited towards it. Um, I, I imagine it's a lot more, more on the publisher to kind of plan out all of that and get everything, you know, 
uh, organized behind the scenes. Um, like I, I just sometimes get updates from those like, okay, well, we're doing this now. And it's like, okay, I will, uh, let everybody know about that as best I can and just kind of roll with it. Yeah. So, I mean, the book itself, how best to describe it? I mean, I'm getting, uh, hints of Hen and Lotta, a bit of, um, Akira, some sci-fi horror, that kind of thing. Did you yeah. did you set out and think I want a bit of a bit of this, a bit of that, some I want some tentacles, I want a bit of an evil <laughs> corporation? How did you how did you throw all this together? Um, very messily, honestly. Um the the original concept was something very different, um, that there was going to be uh more people experiencing what Yaya experiences like directly the way she does, but it kind of just um it just got more focused and more focused as I kept changing stuff. And a lot of that happened before I even got started really writing. It just happened. Like a lot of my process happens in the notes and concepts before I even like sit down to write chapter one. Yeah. Um, so no, a lot of it just kind of morphed together. Like I was in like the, like you, you mentioned Akira, for example, like that, scale of things just happened as I was kind of putting things together. Cause I'm, I'm usually a plotter. I'll sit down and I'll have an outline, but I know that by the time I get to either one third or halfway through, I'm going to have to revise that outline because I'll know the characters and the world a bit better with this one. I got to about the one third point and that must've happened five times that I had to out re outline the rest of the book from there. I get, I got to the two thirds of the way point, had to jump back to a third of the way through, got to that point again, had to jump back to a, a third of the way through, got to almost the end. And then I still had to jump back and kind of go from the start of the book. And you, normally I'm somebody who doesn't revise until I finished the first draft. But this one, I just, Yaya took over. Yeah. Like uh, that's the best way I can put it. She would not behave and I didn't know what to do. So I just was like, okay, well that was, you know, I kind of started writing in a direction that she wouldn't go. So let's resituate this and resituate that and mush these characters, these other characters together and re, you know, recontextualize this part. And it's just a lot, a lot of changes, which is funny because I feel like that's what happens in the book with Yaya anyway. Um, so it kind of made sense that narratively I was going to have to go through some kind of journey of that nature, just trying to write the damn thing. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I'm, I feel similarly. I think I'm working on a book at the moment. I'm about 30,000 words in. I'm not entirely sure where I'm going. I'm currently replotting, replanning, working out what the hell the book is about. Uh, So for The Queen of Thieves, did you you write, just work on it consistently or did you stop every now and again to work on a short story here or something else? Um, What happened? Let's see. I think what usually happens when I'm working on a book is that early on, the the early chapters go pretty slowly. Um, And since there's less changing happening at the time, I can usually stop from that, jump to like a short story or even outline, you know, start working on notes for a different book and then jump back. But once I get to a certain point, and that can change depending on what the book is, I'm kind of like all in on that 
project on that book. And so once I got to that one third point where I kept having to redo things, redo things, I wasn't working on anything else until I finally got together the draft that I ended up uh, finally sending over to Nicholas Day with warning that like, this is a bit of a mess. (laughs) And he's like, that's fine. That's fine. I just, you know, he needed to see what I was doing first before we could figure out how to kind of clean it up a little bit, which we did. There's like a hundred pages of other material um, that, you know, it's just, it's gone. I mean, it's not gone, but it's like, you know, it's not going to be, it's not part of the book, but um, yeah, it's just, it it was, it was a lot. And um, I just, for me, I get so focused. I get this fire in me. I got to get this project done. I got to get this project done. I can't jump over to other projects. So just why it's important to try to schedule the different projects in a way, knowing what's going to happen as, you know, as best you can, you can't predict everything, of course. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean when you talk about the fire. Uh, I think when I get to that point in my own work, I become um, very, I have to apologize to everyone in my life because (laughs) I become so focused. I become almost a bad person to them in many ways. No, I totally feel you there. Yeah. And also uh, you mentioned about other characters in, in the Queen of Thieves story, are there, are there going to be any sequels or, or prequels or anything? Um, not really. Like two, like a couple characters. A lot of those characters either became redundant via other characters or got they oh, got yeah. molded together into one character. Consumed. Um, like the big, like the a lot of it, and some of it is just world building stuff. Um, like you, as you can tell by reading it it's it's kind of our world but not exactly like there it's you know the differences begin like about 30 years ago and then just kind of escalate further with um you know the double zero virus and alpha beta pharmaceutical so queen of teeth kind of takes place you know in a sort of alternate presence yeah um uh so a lot of it was just little details for that or more like more getting into the um, machinations of Alpha Beta Pharmaceutical. Um, there were there were some character bits, um, some more like club stuff, like at Pandora's Aquarium or at um, that one point. Uh, the ABP goons go back to Yaya's apartment. It's just extra stuff that ends up not being necessary. Ultimately, as far as other stuff in this world, I'm not sure if there'll be anything much more beyond what's already happening but there is a there is a prequel short story um life begins at injection uh that will be in the lost contact anthology from um perpetual motion machine publishing oh okay cool um, yeah. i think that's coming out next month in, in september um i'm not sure when this recording will go up um yeah and so that'll be about the kentucky incident from like what happens before that leading up to that the queen of teeth is your latest work and i'm sure you've got other stuff that's coming out at some point in the future but can we talk about your earliest experiences writing were you always writing horror were you writing in any other mediums at any point um i mean i think i was always writing in prose um i I've never been good with like poetry and script work is definitely not my forte um yeah, I mean, when I was, let's see, I was eight years old, I think, was when I did my little Jurassic Park ripoff, uh, Cretaceous Park. And um, I was writing different stuff 
from then. Like uh, I had some werewolf thing that I can barely remember and something with a serial killer that people couldn't, like he could travel through people's minds or something. I can't remember. This is when I was like, a. this was when I was pretty young. These weren't um, novels, were they? They were short stories or something? I mean, I thought I thought I was writing novels. They never got that far. <laughs> so you started out writing uh, on their way to being novels, essentially. Um, I'm curious, when did you, on the writing journey, think, okay, this is it. This is me. This is my voice. I know what I'm doing. And you started to like, lean into it more. Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think that's always a learning process. Um, I think as we grow and change as people, that stuff is never going to be completely consistent. Um, I think even if you look at my first novella, the possession of Nally Glasgow versus um, Queen of Teeth, people will say, well, that's still Haley Piper's voice, but you can definitely see some development, even just these past three years. Um, like some, some differences in fluidity and such. And, you know, obviously that per taste, that's going to be like more to one person's preferences than another. But, um, I think that if you're, if you're learning and, and growing as an artist, it's always going to, it's always going to change. So you, you can't really wait for that moment. You kind of just got to jump in and go for things. Um, like I didn't, I had no idea what I was getting into when I put out T-Pong or when I started submitting stories in 2018. Um, I had no expectations for things to, you know, become the way they have the past, the past few years. Yeah. Interesting. So um, do you write every day? Are you one of those P kind of people? Uh, do you work in sprints or anything like that? Um, I write every day, but not as a rule. It's really just that I don't, I don't think that's helpful if it's not something you want to be doing. I write every day. I write almost every day because I, I feel like it. I essentially, that's my rule is like, write when I feel like it. And I just happen to feel like it most days. But if I don't feel like it one day, I don't write. I, I read or I do something else or whatever. Usually I'll get a little itchy and I'll write some notes though at the very least. But, um, I really think it's more beneficial to just do it as you feel like doing it. Mm, that's quite um, comforting to hear. Um, I always found, I always felt like you, ha- you have to be, if you're going to be a writer, you have to write every day. That's the rule. That's the golden rule. And it doesn't matter how you're feeling. Maybe uh, you're stressed out from work or you've got a, a load of stuff on. Maybe you're a bit zoned out or anything. I always felt like you had to write every single day, no matter what. And the only times I've, I've really enjoyed what I'd written, as, as in I read it back today and, and I enjoy what I've written back then, were the times when I've been more more inspired or feeling it. And there are times, sure, I would have unlocked an, an idea or, or, or found something to work further on later on down the line. Yeah, so I do think I agree with that, uh, to write when, you, when, you, when you're vibing, as it were. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't, I think saying write every day is one of those shoulds. Like you should write every day. It's like, I don't think that's helpful for art. I don't think that's helpful for human psychology. Um, people don't work that way. And there's, we should just do as, as comes naturally to us. Cause if you're trying to do it just because somebody said you should, then are you really writing your stuff? Like you said, like you can sometimes push something out and maybe it'll lead to something better. It's like, yeah, but I mean, was that really as beneficial as just 
giving yourself a break that day. It's just yeah. saying like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, um, some, some days it's better not to just hammer out words because you're trying to fill a quota. Sometimes it's okay to just be in your head for a bit and muse on absolutely on the ideas and, and, and let them form naturally. And then when you do come to the page, uh, they'll flow a bit easier. Uh, yeah. I, I think we, I think our society undervalues the uh, idea of just calmness and just being there to let things, to let things stir in, inside you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we uh, take a bit of a sidestep for a second? Um, I'm hoping we could, can we talk about TikTok for a second? Sure. Um, what is a TikTok and how do you talk on it? <laughs> um, I've only started TikTok like, oh God, it's almost been two months. Oh, maybe I don't have an excuse to not <laughs> yeah. know what I'm doing. Um, my wife has been encouraging me to get on TikTok for a while. I was just not having it, but she, she finally convinced me to like, at least start watching some videos. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. So yeah. And then I was just like, all right, I can talk. I didn't know that book talk existed. Um, so, so once I saw that starting to become more like, once I learned that that was the thing kind of combining what I was seeing with what, with that knowledge was kind of just like, okay, um, I can do videos. And then it didn't take long before I was just like, I could just have fun with this. I don't, I don't have, this doesn't have to be misery. Like I, I kind of, I sometimes see book talks and it feels kind of like obligatory. It's like, I am here. I am doing my TikTok. I am, you know, I am doing the social media dance and it's just like, but this is fun. Like I used to do this stuff when I was younger. Like I used to take my grandpa's uh, camera and this was still when you stuck a whole VHS in it, like a, like a full size VHS in the side of it. And just, uh, and like, I would try to edit videos together and stuff. And like, I mean, to me, that's just fun. So, I mean, it's not, TikTok is just a matter of like when I'm inspired to do something, I'll do it. And if I don't, then I won't. Yeah, I've had a look on it and um, it is a little bit confusing uh, for someone my age to see uh, people dancing around and miming to stuff. But the, the book talk stuff makes more sense. I mean, it's essentially bookstagram, but moving. Right. And unfortunately, it sucks that Instagram is kind of like, well, we want to be like TikTok now. So I think a lot of people are like, all right, I better learn this. Yeah. I feel like you're pretty good at the social media dance anyway. You seem to have a, a good handle on it. And from the sounds of it, what we've talked about so far, it might be because you're, you're not trying to, or maybe trying is not the best word, um, but you're you're not trying to hit the social media quota for the day. You're just having fun with it. Is that is that the case? Yeah, most of the time. I mean, certainly, certainly... Um you know, when certain events go on, like it's a little bit more serious, of course. Um, but I, I think it helps cause I'm not like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, can't speak for how anyone else is doing it. And honestly, a lot of people just don't like feeling like they're being online all the time, which is totally understandable. I definitely have unplugged some days because, you know, the, sometimes the input is too much, but I don't mind the output part of it so much. Um, I'm kind of just being myself. Um, and I'm generally a pretty excited person about things to the point of annoyance with 
like sometimes with family members and friends. Um, so far, it doesn't seem to be annoying other people. So cool. Um, I suppose if it does, then they can, they don't have to look at what I'm doing or saying, but, um, as it is, I just, yeah, I, I try to just have fun and enjoy myself and just be myself. And it, it makes it not so much work as, as I think it could be. Yeah. Are there any sort of, uh, common mistakes that you see other writers or creators making? Yeah. Um, I guess I could, I guess I could say a couple. Um, usually if some, if you see something frequently happening that annoys that that's annoying. I don't think there's any real need to make a tweet or TikTok about that thing because odds are there's some side of it that is invisible from the, you know, perspective of the annoyed party. And I mean, I guess unless you want to learn what that is, because if you say something, somebody's probably going to educate you uh pretty quickly. Um it's, it's honestly easier just to not like, if it's something harmless, it's, it's a lot easier to me at least to just let it go. Yeah. I always found uh, the only times I've not really felt comfortable with what I've tweeted out or anything like that is when I've done it is when I've tweeted with like, a bit of passion. Um, like I've not really thought about what I'm tweeting or a bit miffed about something or angry about something. And I've gone straight to Twitter and, and blurted out uh, this whatever it is um i feel like maybe taking a moment and not not tweeting instantly might be the uh the better way forward right sometimes it's good to just like maybe step away from twitter or whatever and just say like do i need to say anything about this do i need to engage with this because um i forget the exact words um my friend author lisa quigley had just been talking about how like you know engagement and conversation are personal things so you kind of sometimes need to decide how much you want to involve yourself with something that bothers you that much. I mean, obviously if it's a problem, that's different. Like I've spoken out about, you know, bigotry. I've spoken out about like pride, the importance of pride month and um, different things re- relevant to that. And I'm like, I don't feel bad about that. I'll word things a little more carefully as opposed to my usual like emoji storm or whatever. Um, but nonetheless, it's these are things I stand behind. Yeah, I think I'll give uh, TikTok a, a bit more of a go, but maybe maybe I shouldn't. I mean, maybe um, maybe I should just stick to you know the social media. I know maybe for uh, people who are listening to this, maybe they need to know that they don't need to have a Facebook and an Instagram and a Twitter and a TikTok. Uh, maybe just pick and choose the social media platforms that you enjoy to engage with and, and just stick with those. Right. I I think, I mean, honestly, I think it's probably good to be on social media if you're a creator, but you don't have to be on all the social media. Like I'm, I've been invited to discord stuff and I'm just like, I'm not on discord. I I've, I've used it just to talk with editors for the planet for when I was doing planet scum, but overall it's not something that I'm going to take time with. Um, Facebook also, I don't have a Facebook. I'm never going to have a Facebook. I just don't want it. So I think that I don't think people need to be on TikTok or on Twitter or on Instagram. They, it's good to pick one at least, but you don't like, I just don't think anyone needs to be on anything in particular. It's just, especially if it's draining them, because the thing is, if you, if something like that is draining you, then you're not creating, you're not doing your art. And I, I cut out anything that is a problem for my art. Like if, if something is, 
affecting me in a way that makes it so it's harder for me to write or I don't feel like writing as much, that's going to be something that isn't in my life anymore. Yeah, I think um, that's a, a good way to put it. Um, I think just being sort of yeah, more mindful about uh, the inputs that you're letting into your life. I think a lot of writers are probably quite introverted. Uh, so they do find being in the presence of others quite an enervating experience. So being, you know, more mindful about what you let into your mind, as it were. Okay, so we are at the part of the interview that I like to call the big hard one. Uh, where I do a slightly more difficult question. Oh um, it, it might not be that difficult. It might be just a yes or no answer. I don't know. But it might be <laughs> difficult. It might take a little more thought power. Are you ready? Sure. Do you hear that sound? It's the sound of every piece of paper on the planet on fire. There's no more books and no more writing on paper. Also, do you hear that other sound? It's all the computers in the world. They're also on fire. Uh, too bad for the writers of the world. Uh, Haley, in this new world where writers and writers can never write another word of prose, what do you do to feed the creative beast? Are we also limiting all forms of slate and uh, writing in the mud and all the stuff that we have done as a species for, <laughs> well, for thousands of years? Um, <laughs> you could do... Just hypothetically? You, you could write screenplays in sleep if you prefer okay as long as it's not pro i mean you could scrub some poetry on the walls with a bit of mud uh whatever whatever the only thing is prose is not allowed in this world okay i mean i'd probably just find a way to you know keep up with oral storytelling um or um yeah that i mean that's where i'd go probably um like a podcast have you thought about doing a podcast like I mean, I've been on podcast. podcasts. I mean, I think am I am I not on a podcast <laughs> right now? No, but I mean, like, a, like a storytelling one. Um, not really. Um, because because again, barring your end of the world or end of prose situation or scenario, um, it's it's gets too much into script writing kind of situation. I just um, that's not for me. Yeah. Okay, so you would just go to various plinths and you would just start <laughs> just start so. talking i i love here's that i love prose like i know some people are like dialogue is god but that's not me i do write dialogue i i write a lot of dialogue but i love the prose parts of things i love digging into an emotion or you know a, a sense of of change or willpower that um to convey in dialogue it, it usually doesn't come out right to me. Um, you know, you, I mean, I mean, and we've seen this, like certainly in, I've, I've seen it in some shows or whatever where characters just like stating their feelings. Um, obviously, you know, you can do dialogue around this. If you can do dialogue around anything, but like to an extent it ends up becoming like what is like, yeah, a podcast, radio show, even a stage play, I think dot, those are where dialogue is the, you know, your your biggest asset for a lot of stuff but um it's not necessarily how my brain works all the time um i i've seen some people say like they usually write a book with just all the dialogue versus like that's not me i i will write some conversations but there are chunks of prose thrown in there too like it's it's whatever occurs to me i'll sit down and just write out an emotion of a character and it sometimes that can form the entire like that's the seed of a new character for a new book yeah 
you get so much from the prose, I think. Yeah, and I'm not knocking dialogue either. I'm just saying like, that's not my first. That's not my first tool of choice. It's obviously an important tool, but it's not like my go-to. This is how I want to tell everything. Yeah, the uh, the prose you can do so much with the prose. You can uh, tell jokes, convey humor uh, in the prose. You can uh, set the pace, the like the immediacy of the world or the storytelling. You have just so much control with it. Yeah, prose oh, yeah. is uh, prose is huge. Yeah, it's probably yeah. my favorite part of the reading experience in general. Interesting. So you would be a walking, talking, storytelling. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it it would be terrible because I stumble over my words a bunch and or have to do like, wait, wait, I forgot to mention this <laughs> yeah. part, but you know, that's that's it's the best I can do. Yeah, you'd be able to. <laughs> I don't know, scratch some notes into the palm of your hand so you don't get lost or something. Probably. <laughs> now, that was a great answer. Thanks very much for that. I just put this out a sec. So we are on the final part of the interview. Uh, watch out, Haley. It's the quickfire round. I've got five very quick questions for you. Sure. Are you ready? I hope so. Question one uh, Dog or cat, which one is better at knitting? Wait, what? <laughs> I I guess a cat would be better at knitting. <laughs> Question two. Of all the sandwiches, which one have you mastered? Oh, God. Um, I guess tuna fish. I know how to stack that properly. <laughs> I didn't know there was a proper way to stack it. Well, in my opinion, <laughs> if it doesn't have pickles, it's not a proper tuna sandwich. Mm, pickles. Uh, question three. Do you know the cheat code to unlock all the weapons in Tomb Raider 2 on the PlayStation? I used to. <laughs> Can you remember any of the steps? I think there's... You hit the shoulder button sometimes, probably. <laughs> For the curious, it's sidestep left, sidestep right, sidestep left, walk back one step, walk forward one step, then release R1 and spin at least three complete circles in any direction, then perform a backward jump and do a turn in midair by pressing down okay, and square one of those circle. steps. <laughs> Question four. Do you need to breathe in to breathe out? I assume so. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, question five. Where can we follow you and your work? <laughs> okay, that one's the only easy one. I'm at uh, www.haleypiper.com. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm at Haley Piper Says. And on Instagram and TikTok, I'm at Haley Piper Fights. Uh, thanks very much, Haley, for for doing for doing this show and doing uh, the quick fire around there. Um, well, thank you for having me. So, I mean, I've only read the Queen of Teeth so far. I'm a big, I'm very curious to know. Is there any uh, is there anything else on the horizon at all? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I've got a bunch of more short stories coming out this year in like uh, Hymns of Abomination, the Matthew Bartlett um, tribute anthology, and Lost Contact, like I mentioned. I think my cast of wonders story is coming out this year, but I'm not positive. Um, and then next year I'll have, uh, my splatter Western novel, no angels past sundown will be coming out from death's head press via Stygian sky media hmm. and some other stuff I can't talk about yet. Cool. Okay. I'm going to hit the stop <laughs> recording button right now. 
Okay, thanks very much for, for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to check out Haley's work. I very much recommend The Queen of Teeth. Also, go to lukecondor.com and join the mailing list. I think it's at uh, tinyletter.com forward slash lukecondor. Uh, I've got a book coming out, so it'd be cool to for you to enjoy that. For you for your eyeballs to, to touch the words that I wrote. I would like that. <laughs> okay or don't it's your life have a great week and I'll speak to you soon someone's mowing the lawn outside <laughs> bye hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 